Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Yes, well, once again, we just want to welcome everybody. If you're uh, tuning in from wherever you're at to our live stream, we, we are, once again, this isn't recorded. This is live. It's 1145 Pacific Standard Time. And uh, we just want to say thanks. Thank, thanks for taking some time today on this beautiful spring, uh, April the 26th Sunday. Uh, thanks for taking some time to spend with us. And we just, uh, we just love to see all that the Lord's been doing uh, during this unprecedented season. I mean, uh, it's just amazing how the Lord's church, His people uh, are pressing in, that His church is moving forward. In fact, it's I've been reading different reports uh, from a global perspective of just how, how the, the church of Jesus, although all the buildings are closed, the church is growing rapidly. People are coming to Christ. Uh, people are getting into virtual community. Uh, and so I'm just reminded, uh, the, the enemy thinks that because it can close our buildings that uh, it can stop the momentum of the church of Jesus Christ, but uh, he's foolish. <laughs> he is foolish because the church is growing and moving. And man, I'm so excited for all that the Lord's doing. And as you just saw the little roll in there, uh, we're in this series entitled, What Does the Bible Say About Dot, Dot, Dot? And really the heart of this series came out of the season that we're in. Uh, I, in the last two months, I've had so many different conversations on, on topics that we, we read in Scripture uh, that are arising due to this global pandemic. Conversations regarding pandemic itself, uh, sickness. Uh, you know, we, we're seeing a global economic bottoming out. I mean, not just the American economy, but economies globally are just tanking. It's, it's really no other time in history where it's been like this. And so I have people asking me about, man, what does God have to say about finance and money and, and uh, prophecy and all of these different topics that are coming, that are surfacing due to these interesting times that we live in. And, and, and there's this other one that uh, I've had multiple conversations on is, 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 is this the end? <laughs> like, are we living in the last days? Is Jesus coming back right around the corner? And when you look throughout scripture, uh, Jesus says, hey, uh, watch out. Like, keep an eye on, on the signs. He says there's signs, there's things that are going to be happening, happening throughout the world uh, that will foreshadow uh, the end and my return. And so there's been all kinds of conversation. Are, is this that time? Is it the end? And so today I want to talk a little bit about that. I mean, just very, uh, just scratch the surface on this conversation regarding the end times. In fact, I don't even really want to necessarily go into what the end times are all about. I kind of want to set a foundation. We can talk about that. Um, at another time, but I, I want to kind of set a foundation uh, as to what it even looks like, how we should be uh, as followers of Jesus, how we should conduct ourselves when we're having these conversations 
regarding end times and prophecy, etc. You know, uh, I was uh, in the first service, before the first service, I leaned over uh, to my friend Amber and I showed her in the middle of worship, uh, this little notification popped up and it, it tells you <laughs> the average of how much time you've been looking at your, your mobile device throughout the week. And I have a confession, mine popped up and it said six and a half hours. I mean, what is wrong with me? I've, I've like tripled the amount of time I've been looking at my phone throughout the day. And with that, you know, more confession. We've been watching, in my house, we've been watching way too much Netflix, a lot of TV. In fact, I read a report this past week. I don't know if you're like this. This is how we are at my wife and I when we sit in front of the TV. But I read a report that it takes couples on average 20 minutes to just decide what they're going to watch on Netflix. And so what we tend to, what tends to happen in my house is we kind of like, what do you want to watch? What do you want to watch? What do you want to watch? And in the middle of that, you know, half an hour goes by, I just switch, switch, switch over to YouTube and I just start like clicking on uh, uh, different chefs cooking things. And so we end up just like spending two hours watching different people cook things. I, I don't know if you're a foodie, kind of like me, but man, if you're looking for something to watch, any, I don't know, maybe you're out there, any Michael Jordan fans in the house? Yeah, there's, a, there's quite a few of you out there. I remember when I was a kid, Michael Jordan was like king. He, he was he was divine. I mean, he was like a god, you know? And I remember being a little boy watching him play and wow, Michael Jordan, he was just like bigger than life itself. And, and if you're looking for something to watch, this past Sunday, um, like a 10-part documentary uh, is, is being uh, released every Sunday on ESPN called The Last Dance. And so this past Sunday was the first two episodes. And man, you know, there is, there is obviously no live sporting happening right now. And man, it's, it's, it's been fascinating to, to kind of experience that for myself in the fact that just how, how much I miss sports. I mean, the last, you know, four days, I think I watched about 12 straight hours of the NFL draft. I mean, we're all craving sports. And so ESPN has been pumping this Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. In fact, tonight, the Dennis Rodman files will be unleashed. So we've got our night all planned out, but it's really cool. But we've been looking forward to this. And so last Sunday evening, we were geared up. We, we had our evening plan. It's gonna be Michael Jordan. And so we were all fired up about that. And so I just decided, man, we got to celebrate. Like we got to celebrate in some way, you know? And when, when I think about celebration, uh, the next word that always comes into my mind is food. I, I don't know if you're like me. So, so if we're going to celebrate, we got to eat something a little bit different than normal. And so I thought to myself, man, do we have anything in the house that's kind of like party food? You know what I mean? And and so I said, well, I'm going to go upstairs and look. And so I went in the kitchen and I'm kind of combing through our little pantry and kind of feeling around. I'm like, what? There's got to be something in here that we usually don't eat. And all of a sudden I was feeling around and my, my hand turned the corner and I felt something very strange in my hand. And all of a sudden I pulled this out of the back of the pantry. You're like, what is, I don't know if you can see it on here. But, but this is just a big old hunk of salami. Now, I don't eat salami that much, but let me tell you, I love salami, okay? And I was thinking to myself, where in the world did that even come from? We don't like 
cruise through Tacoma boys to buy the best salami. I mean, someone must have given it to us as a gift or something like that. We only ever have this like around Christmas time or some fancy party that we um, get invited to with that tray with all the cut up stuff and there's salami. Man, I was, I thought to myself, man, it is a, it's a Michael Jordan night. And I just, I'll never forget. I just yelled out in, out of the kitchen, babe, we're having salami. And she didn't say anything back. Like there was no excitement. I was very confused about that. But I just thought to myself, maybe she didn't hear me. And so, so I decided, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut the salami up and kind of make a party tray. You know what I'm talking about? And so I got the thing out and pulled this thing out. And, you know, once you get this thing out of the packaging, it's, it's kind of a weird deal. It's, a, it's just, it's weird stuff. And, but it doesn't matter because it tastes so good. And so I'm cutting it up and cut it all up and the whole thing. And I, how much do you want? No response. But I just kept cutting it up and put it on the tray. And I'm just kind of, I'm just taking some chunks of it and just kind of, you know, just kind of getting some on the way, you know? And so all of a sudden I get on the tray and I got some Triscuit crackers and some, you know, 7-Up and I'm coming down the stairs and I'm like, hey, babe, we got salami, you know? And coming down the thing, I'm kind of eating and I'm chomping on it. And all of a sudden I get down to the bottom of the stairs that lead into our family room. And I see my wife sitting in the recliner and she's smiling, not at me, but at the television. I'm thinking to myself, man, maybe she just watched one of the Michael Jordan previews. And so I'm like, ah, so long. And I come around the corner and I turn the corner and right there on my TV, she had queued up a document, documentary and all it said across the TV was, the truth about salami. Yeah. And I saw that. It said, had a big, it looked like the one I just caught up and it was sitting on the bottom, cross the, the truth about salami. And in that moment, I just, I just rebuked that documentary in the name of Jesus. I just said, you know what, you, you documentary, I don't, I don't want to know the truth about the salami that I love so much, right? And how, how many of you know, it's probably, you know, if you, if you read the back, it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's, not, very, it's not, very, not very healthy for you, man, but man, it tastes so good. And, and I knew that that documentary was going to tell me the things about this salami that I didn't want to know, where it came from, how they make it. No, I don't want the truth. I just, I just don't want to know. I just want to eat it because it tastes so good. And, and I was thinking about that even this week. I was thinking about how we do this with portions of scripture. Maybe you're not like me, but, but there's been times in my life where there's parts of scripture that I'd, I'd rather just avoid. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I don't really want to know the truth about the end times. I don't really want to talk about that whole eternal damnation thing. I'd like to avoid even thinking about humanity going to a place called hell. No, 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 no. That's politically incorrect. That's offensive. And I just like, I'd rather just uh, talk about the fruits of the spirit all the time. I, I, I don't want to talk about some of these areas of scripture, I just I prefer, I just, I just want to avoid these areas. I, I, I'd prefer not to, to talk about an antichrist or a, or a great white throne judgment or, 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 or a tribulation 
or, or, or eternity in the sense of not going to a place called, so I, I, I don't want to talk about some of these things. And I don't know, Fred, I, I wonder today, and kind of moving forward, if you're a follower of Jesus, maybe instead of avoiding the truth, uh, maybe, uh, maybe instead of trying to steer around what the word of God says, maybe, maybe in this season, particularly in this season, maybe it's time we take some time and embrace, embrace these areas of scripture that maybe feel uncomfortable or maybe we don't know enough about, so we would just prefer not to. Uh, maybe, we, maybe we lean in during this season. And you know, the apostle Paul, he, he gives us some truth. He, he describes to us What's going to happen in the end? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, it'll be on, on, your, on your smart device right there on the screen. This is, what, this, is the, this is the truth that Paul gives us concerning end times. He says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Now here, this is so, so, so Paul describes this event that's gonna take place in the end. But, but look, look what he follows up with in verse 18. He says, so therefore, encourage. Shout encourage in your, in your man cave. Encourage, underline that word. He says, with all of this in mind, this is what's gonna happen in the end. Jesus is coming back. He's gonna, he's gonna take his disciples, his followers with him to be with him and so, so with this information, he says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. So speak the truth, but speak the truth to encourage each other. You see, what I want you to know today is that your motives matter. I mean, you've seen that guy outside of Century Link Field uh, during those Seahawks games. He's got that giant sign. It's like, you know, it's like 19 feet high in the air, right? He's got the khaki, you know, shorts on and the polo shirt and the, and, you know, the docker shoes and the, and the whole deal. And he's got the, he's got the sign and it just says, you know, he's got like the, the, the color scheme, of course, is like a red, orange, yellow, and then in black writing, sometimes in red, red, it's just like, you know, like, yeah, like Freddy Krueger font. You know what I mean? It just says, repent, you know, you're headed to hell or some variation of that. And we, 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 we've seen this guy all the time. He's yelling through a bullhorn. Ah, he's screaming at people. And, you know, I thought to myself, you know, what Paul's saying here, it's, it's not about that. It's not about scaring people with information regarding the end. It's, it's there to encourage one another. And so with this global pandemic that we find ourselves in right now, Pastor Ashley and myself, we've had, 
so many different people not only ask us about the end times, but like how to even approach it, like how to approach it and then how to communicate it with other people. And so, you know, if you, if you flip on, then, you know, you could, you, you know, you could pull up, you know, CNN right now, Fox News right now, and the world looks pretty bleak. So for the first time, a lot of people are, are wanting to have these conversations. And so it's an incredible thing. And so today we've been talking about in this season, we, we don't want to just teach you things. That's important. And we're going to do that. We want to truly equip you to be the church in this season. So you're, you're going to find in these uh, talks that we're giving that there's going to be equipping elements, not just information, but rather we want, we want you to go out and do what Jesus called you to do, even in this unique season. We want to equip you to be the church. So this, this afternoon, just for a couple of minutes here, I want to give you three principles that we all need to keep in mind when we're communicating about this subject of the end times. Here's the first thing that we need. We, this is the first, if you're going to have a conversation with somebody, People are going to be inquiring you. They're going to be, I'm I'm getting it all the time. Pastor or, you know, Jesus follower, like talk to me about what's going on right now. I want to know about what the scripture said about the end times. Here's the first thing that you need to keep in mind. And that is love must always be the motive. Write that down. Love must always be the motive. And the question is, how do you make sure love is always your motive? You ask God to give you his love for people. Meaning before you even engage in these types of conversations, you love, you love Jesus. People are coming to you. Hey, Frank, man, I know you're a follower of Jesus. I know you're a Christian. I want to know, is this the end? What does the scripture say about what's going to happen in the end? Before you even open your mouth, love must be your motive. If, if, it's, if it's about something else, if you have ulterior motives, if you have different intentions, something other than communicating the love of Jesus Christ, just stop, check yourself. Like King David said, search my heart, Lord. And then repent of that. And then ask God that he would give you his love for people. That you would see people. I, I, I pray this all the time. Lord, give me, give me your eyes. Uh, I, I want to look at people through the, through the lens of the love that you are for them. For the person that you died for, I want to I love like that. I'll never be able to ta- attain your level of love for your creation, but God, g- give, me, give me a portion of that, right? I want love to be the foundation. I want that to be my motivation for any conversation that I have. I've seen the guy outside of CenturyLink. Repent, you're going to hell, screaming it a hundred times. But you know what's fascinating about that spectacle is that not one time ever have I ever seen that dude sincerely and genuinely lead somebody to Jesus Christ. Why? Because love isn't that dude's motive. He, he may say it is, but man, that's not, that is not what's being presented. And here's the thing, when when love is your motive for anything, you can have a conversation about anything and everything and you'll be able to connect with whoever. But you you gotta stop. I I mean, when I say you, I'm talking, I I gotta stop, right? 
And I got to say, Lord, check my heart. What's my motivation here? This guy here is, who's, who's approaching me on this subject is, do I want to just engage in this conversation right now because I want to I run theological you know, circles around him? Like I want to eat his lunch in this area? Because if that's the case, I, I don't want I, I to have anything to do with that. Or is it truly, man, I want, I, I want to promote Jesus through this conversation. I want, him to, I want him to experience my heart and know that I have the heart of Jesus in my own life. You see, when, motivation, when, when your motivation is purely love and nothing else, you can talk about anything with anyone. In fact, Scripture goes even further than that. Script, scripture is clear that even if you have the most powerful spiritual gifts, but you don't operate them from a place, a foundation of love, it's, it's meaningless. It's worthless. I'm, I'm not making this up. Look at this passage of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is a very popular uh, portion of Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Listen up, you idiots! Right? You're going to hell! Right? I mean, just a clanging gong noise. It's just noise. It falls on deaf ears. In fact, you get a lot of resentment coming at it that way. And then he goes on to say, if I have the gift of prophecy and I, and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, he's being pretty dramatic here. I, if, if I have all that stuff, which would I, I want all that stuff, by the way, but if I don't have love, it's, it's meaningless. I'm nothing. It's worthless. If, if I give all that I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but if I don't have lo love, once again, I gain nothing, my friend, without love as a motive, nothing good even matters. So the question is, is your agenda love first or is it something else. I'm going to put that phrase that I just mentioned up on the screen so you can just write that down. And that is, love must be the motive. Love must be the mo motive. And here's the thing about that. You know, people, people in your circles right now, their ears are pinned up. Like, they're, they're, they're leaning in. Um, they're, they're willing uh, to have conversations around spirituality, around Jesus, around God, around scripture. It, it's a unique time where, where people who, who would, who any other time wouldn't be open to it. They're open to it now. I'm, I'm, I'm personally having these conversations with people who are texting and calling and wanting to FaceTime with me. People that I would never even have, um, didn't give a rip about the things of God. And, and they're asking questions. I wake up to them. People have, hey, what? I'm like, are you, what, Brad's asking me? What's going on right now? The Holy Spirit is up to something. And so we, we as believers have a unique opportunity right now to lean in and to engage in the topics in scripture. And we have an opportunity to lead people to Christ. Here's a second principle. You're, you're going to have these, whether it's end times conversations, whether it's different air, whether it's hot button topics, 
uh, current events, things like that, and they want to connect it with Scripture. Here's, here's the second thought that I want, um, I, I want to leave with you, and that is you must leave room for the unknown. You must leave room for the unknown. If you Google today, right now, you could finish this up and just Google end times prophecy. There's literally thousands of teachings by PhDs, um, theologians that are way smarter than me. And, and, and what you'll read is PhDs and biblical scholars' interpretations of what they've read in Scripture. And then what happens is they take it a step further to where different, I was just having this conversation with, with a brother between services. What happens is, is that these scholars, who of course mean well, they, they interpret what they read in scripture differently. And so the next layer that you unpack and that you read and you study is the debates between these theologians regarding their interpretation of what they've just read. And so it's so important for you to not be Mr. Know-it-all, right? It's so important that, you, that you're not the one who says, this is the way it is, this is what it says. No, 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 you, you've got to humble yourself and you have to be open. You have to leave room for the unknown. In fact, I was reminding Ashley this week, I was laughing, you know, I was thinking about my papa, Fulton Buntain, my grandfather, who pastored a great church here in the Pacific Northwest in my hometown, Tacoma, Washington, for 45 years. He pastored the same church. He, he was an incredible man. So many of you that are watching right now, uh, he impacted your life like he impacted thousands upon thousands and impacted my life. But, you know, when it, <laughs> when it came to end times and, and biblical uh, 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 prophecy and what's going to happen and the, and, the, and the Antichrist and the tribulation and the interpretations of the book of Daniel and Ezekiel and Revelation, uh, he, he was a bit brutal when it came to this conversation. And I can remember, uh, you know, from time to time, he'd have biblical scholars and PhDs and expert end times theologians come to our church uh, to give a presentation or a teaching. And I, man, I can, re- I can, I can, it was always, I knew what he was going to say. Like I knew how he was going to introduce these teachers that were about to stand on the, on the stage behind the pulpit that he would preach from every Sunday, I knew it was about to happen and I would just get really uncomfortable because every time, it didn't matter who it was, he would be, he would, his introduction into having this man come on stage, he would always say, as you know, the book of Revelation and prophecy in general is largely an uncertain belief. So with that in mind, Here's one man's opinion. Please welcome to the stage Dr. Marty Farkle or whatever. He would kind of walk up there like, I didn't really, I didn't think that was going to be my introduction, man. (laughs) Here he is. He's got nine PhDs on the tribulation. Uh, Please welcome to the stage. Here is one man's interpretation on what he studied. Here's the thing, my friend, the fastest way to know that someone isn't preaching scripture about the end times is if they claim to know every detail about it. Uh, We've all heard these guys or gals that are are predicting, they're always predicting when Jesus is coming back. In fact, I'm gonna, next year, 
oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm going to be turning 40 years old. Oh, my word. But, uh, but I can remember years ago when, uh, when uh, well, 20 years ago, uh, Y2K, the year 2000, right? And, you know, everything was going to, you know, that was the end of the world. The year 2000, I can remember listening to these guys on TV and, you know, you know January 1, you know, like 2000, the whole world's going to collapse. It's going to be the end and Jesus is coming back and, if you send me 39 bucks, I'll send you my pamphlet all about it. I'm not going to give it to you now, but just give us your credit card and I'll throw some oil, you know, the whole thing. And, 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 and so, like, that's the fastest way you can know this guy's full of garbage, right? That's, that's the, when you hear those types of statements, you can just run in the other opposite direction because Jesus was very, very, very clear in Matthew 24, verses 36 37 and verse 42, he's, he's very clear when it comes to predicting when he's coming back. And he says it like this, but about that day or hour, no one knows. And then he, goes, he takes it a step further. He says, no one knows, not even the angels know. He says, I don't even know. He says, the only person that knows when I'm coming back is my father. Verse 37 says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. And then he says, he gives us some more instruction. He says, therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. So he's speaking in the third person here, but he makes that statement in verse 37. He says, as it was in the days of Noah. So we have to ask ourselves, how was it in the days of Noah? Well, first off, you must understand what God was instructing Noah and his family to do. And the reality is, is that, or was, is that Noah receiving the instruction from God, there was no way that he was able to comprehend, comprehend the information. There was no way that he was able to wrap his mind around, that he was able to process specifically what God was asking him to do. It was something that even if God explained it all in detail, they wouldn't be able to process because up until that point in, in, in history, they had never even seen rain. So the idea of a global flood, the idea of all of humanity being destroyed by water, they, wouldn't have, they, they, they couldn't have even wrapped their minds around it, even if that specific information was so clearly given to Noah and his family by God. And, you know, sometimes we have to realize that this is what's happening with us. Um, oftentimes, God isn't withholding information from us because he doesn't want us to have it. Oftentimes, it's because he knows that we wouldn't understand it even if he told us all of the, the specifics in that moment. We wouldn't be able to process the information. I'll give you a perfect example where we're at right now. Think about it. Eight months ago, if an angel of the Lord came to you and said, hey, we're going uh, to be subject by the government uh, that we cannot work. All of our work has to be shut down and we have to be quarantined into our homes. We have to stay home. There's a, there's a literal plague that's coming that's going to sweep the planet 
all of the economies of the world are going to tank. Churches will be in lockdown indefinitely. Yes, even in America, the doors will be closed. Schools will be closed. Everything will be at a standstill. Now, if you got all that information up front, would you even believe it, right? I'm reminded that scripture says that the Lord gave Solomon unsurpassed wisdom and that he was the wisest of all men. Think about that. That word wisdom, you know, when you think about wisdom, wisdom wisdom means that you don't just have the knowledge. Uh, that's, That's part of it. The second part of wisdom is what you do with that knowledge. That's that's the totality of wisdom. It's it's having knowledge and then making the best decision, a, a wise decision based on the knowledge that you have. And with that in mind, the wisest man, (laughs) the wisest man of all time, Solomon, penned these words in Proverbs chapter three, verse five. This is what he says. With with that. With that in mind, the the wisest man, this is what he said pertaining leaving room for the unknown. He says, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with part of your heart? No. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Look what he says here. He says, and lean not on your own wisdom. Lean not on your own understanding. Solomon, the wisest man, said that even he couldn't even lean on his own wisdom. That, that, that he, couldn't, he couldn't just recline back into all of the knowledge that he had. He said, no, 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 you only got so much and you got to trust in the Lord with all things. And that includes the way you interpret these different prophetic books, the end times. There's, it, there's a lot of areas that are open for interpretation. There's a lot of unknown. And not only do you have to accept that, you need to find rest in that. You need to be at peace in that area. Some of the stuff that's going on in the book of Revelation, there's a camp that says all of these things will, will literally take place. There's, an, there's a whole nother camp that, that says it's a, it's a, it's a vision um, that, that John receives and it's, a, it's simply just a, 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 a painted picture. It's an idea Armageddon, for example, this is a, a painting. It's a picture of what Jesus already accomplished on the cross. And so this camp would argue with this camp that no, 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 there's going to be an actual physical battle, right? And then everyone in between. And we, and, and we don't have a solid, like this is the way. You, you have to leave room, leave room for the un known when we were having these conversations. Here's the, here's the third principle as the, the band comes back. This is, this is the one. If, you've, if you missed the first two thoughts, uh, try, to, try to stay with me on this last one. Here's the third principle. If you're going to have these conversations regarding end times, I want you to live to bring heaven to earth now. Live to bring heaven to earth now. Is Jesus coming back someday? Yes, he is. Are we excited about that? Yes, we are. Should we talk about it as often as we can? Yes, we should. He's coming back. He's coming back. I'm excited about it. He's coming back. I want to read books about it. I want to study it. I want to know everyone's um, um, uh, opinion on, how, on exactly how that's going to be. And I want to, I want to look at the scriptures to it. And I want, to, I want to talk to some PhD. He's coming back. He's coming back. But until he does, 
Do his work. Jesus commissioned us to live life on mission while we still have breath in our lungs. What does that mean? It means Matthew 28. It means the great commission. It means to go out, to make disciples, to love people, to serve people, to embrace people. If you have, a, if you have one last breath in your lungs, breathe it out doing the work of Jesus. I don't, I don't care what your age is. I, that's why I love our seniors in our, in our, in our community here, our Church for All Nations. Our, we call them our torchbearers. Because man, they, man, I love that picture. They, they've gone before us, man. They've, they've, they've made the way for us youngins. I still consider myself young, okay? But man, they, they've opened so many doors for us and we honor them for that. But man, it's like the, the, other, the other symbol, the other picture there is that they're not, they're, not, they're not retreating. They're leading us all the way until they take their last breath. Those are the type of seniors that we have at our church. And I'm, I'm honored to be, on this journey with them and learn from them. And if they were here right now, right now, if Pastor Warch was here right now, he would say, keep preaching Jesus, keep loving people. I'm, I'm gonna do it until he takes me home. That's, that is his passion. That is his heart. That's what we're called to do. And, and in fact, I'm reminded in Matthew 6, verses nine and 10, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, hey, fellas, if you get a little bit confused when it comes to talking to my Father in heaven, let, let, me, let, me, let me give you some content. And we refer to it as the Lord's Prayer, but specifically with this thought of bringing heaven to earth, this is how he, this is how he models, this is how he tells us to, to pray on the regular to God. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, meaning holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, Jesus was more concerned about the Father's will being done on earth than he was on him getting off of the earth. In fact, a, a few weeks ago, we talked a little bit about what happened right after the resurrection where Jesus comes out of that tomb and he's alive. He's whole. And what's fascinating is uh, there could be a pretty solid argument that he had, he had accomplished exactly what he'd come to do. And he did. And it could be said, or, or it's, it could be stated that right when that happened, when he came out of the tomb, man, he had every right just to ascend right into heaven right there, just to take off. But he wasn't, he wasn't done with his assignment. And then we read, we read in um, uh, Acts 1, we, we, we read about how he's engaging for the next 40 days with his different followers, his disciples. Hundreds came in contact with him. And he was, what he was doing was he, was, he was showing himself to his followers. But really what he, what he was doing was he was equipping them he was encouraging them onto what their mission was until they went home to be with the Lord too. That that wasn't the end. Je Jesus goes on to say that, he, he says, I'm leaving, but I'm sending you a helpmate. I'm, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. Why? Well, 
because you're going to need him to do what I've called you to do until you come, to, come, come home, until you die. And when you read throughout the New Testament, we see the apostles. Every one of them, except for John, was martyred. They gave their life for the cause of Jesus Christ. They, they lived their last breath with this principle, and that is bringing heaven to earth right now. When you're having these conversations regarding end times and prophecy, focus more on talking about what we're going to do until he comes back for us or until we die. Like, like may that really be the conversation versus just getting off this planet. Man, I grew up in, uh, around, when I was growing up, I, I, I grew up around some Christians who that's all they wanted to talk about was getting off this earth. Man, I just, man, I wish I could go to heaven right now. I'm so sick. This place stinks. I'm out, I want to get out of here. I'm, I'm going to heaven. And man, I can't wait to get out of here. And, and for a lot of those folks, they missed the assignments that Jesus had for them before he took them home. Don't do that. Don't miss the opportunity you have. One, one closing little story here, and, and then I want to pray for you. Um, I, I mentioned we've been watching way too much TV. Oh, I, I confess, I confess. Um, but one of the things when we do watch TV, what we like to watch is nonfiction. <laughs> we like to watch documentaries. We like to hear stories. And we were watching, we didn't even really watch all of it. We just watched a portion of it. But we, we watched a, a documentary on uh, recipients of the Congressional Medal of Honor. Now, to get this type of a, of a, a medal of honor, I don't know all the details. I'm going to get a bunch of text messages from all my military buddies. But you, you have to, um, in, a, in a very dramatic, selfless way, do something extremely heroic on the battlefield. And most of the time, it, it, it involves uh, you taking a bullet or you saving someone from, from dying. It's, 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 it's a very high, I think it's the highest award there is when it comes to our military. And, and, um, and so this documentary, it was essentially just uh, the, the, the journalist interviewing these different recipients. Some, some were like, you know, like in their mid-20s, like fresh out of the Middle East. Some of them were like in their 90s and they were, you know, World War II, Vietnam. And just incredible hearing the stories of, of what these men and women did uh, during times of war. And you know, one, one that really, uh, one story that really uh, was compelling for my wife and I was they were interviewing a couple World War II veterans. I mean, they're just really, really old. You know what I mean? And, and they, had their, they had their stuff and the, the hats with the, all of the different divisions they're part of. You, you know the look, right? One, hat, one was leaning on a walker and and at first, they were kind of joking around and, and reacquainting themselves with each other. And, and, then they, and then they start telling their story. And one particular story was that Larry was sitting there. Larry was the one who got the Congressional Award, uh, Congressional Medal of Honor during uh, a battle during World War II. And what was fascinating was listening to his brothers. And specifically, his brothers, soldiers who were sitting next to him were the reason why he received this Medal of Honor because each one of them with tears in their eyes, sometimes sobbing, 
saying over and over how grateful they were for Larry because Larry saved their life on the battlefield. And they hugged. And it was, oh, we were getting misty-eyed. It was a beautiful thing. Maybe you're a, I know here at Church for All Nations, we've got hundreds of people that are connected to the armed forces, the military. And, and what's so incredible about, I don't, I don't know about other nations' militaries, but I know about ours. And one of the first things that you learn in basic training, and it's driven into you that, that you do whatever you can to help a wounded brother on the, on the, on the battlefield. Like, like we go in together, we leave together. No one is left behind. And it was just a beautiful picture. And I was just reminded, you know, some people, as we continue this illustration with war, you know, there's some soldiers that their minds are solely dedicated to getting to the end of the war, that the crisis would be over. And, and, and the way they approach the battle is, I just got to finish it whatever it takes to get to the other side. And in the process, they leave their fallen comrades. They miss so many different assignments in the grand scheme of the ultimate assignment. And what a great illustration, what what a picture of what we're called to do. That man, yeah, we're all looking forward to heaven. We're all, we all know where we're going. In fact, let me just put someone's Uh, nerves at rest today when you think about the end times. You can just, you know, go to the last portion of Revelation and at the very end, you win. (laughs) We win. Uh, Team Jesus wins. So be encouraged with that information today. We know where we're going and we know what's going to happen. In the meantime, man, we've got assignments all along the way. And I encourage you today, in the middle of this global chaos pandemic, we don't know when it's going to end. We don't know when we can gather again. We don't know what even tomorrow holds. There's, I mean, like the information that we're getting from the the media is in real time. When I walk off this stage, uh, you know, I'll pick up my phone and there might be three new huge things that have happened. And I don't know. But in the meantime, until we get to where we're going, Man, let's bring, let's bring heaven to earth. And specifically in this, these conversations about the end times as followers of Jesus, when we're talking to people, man, may, may we have these conversations from a place of encouragement and not fear. May, may, may it come from a place where our motivation is, is love and not something else. And in the process, may we leave room for the unknown. Man, this is, this is one of those subjects in scripture there's a lot of people that have a lot to say about it. And there's, some, there's a lot of it that just isn't black and white. So I encourage, I, I've got to do this because people want to talk to me about this subject all the time. And I, I got to be, I, I have to humble myself and I have to be okay with saying, you know what? That specific topic regarding this end times discussion, man, you know, let, let me look into that. Let's see what a couple different people say. Let's obviously look to the scripture, but man, how we interpret it is so important and, and it matters, but man, we don't, we don't know for sure. And we just have to be okay with leaving room for the unknown. And all that to say, let's focus on doing everything we can while we still have breath in our lungs, bring heaven to earth, that we would not only pray the way Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's, that's Jesus's instruction for us how to pray to God, meaning that's the desire of his heart for the things that are happening there to happen here. So let's have his heart and let's have conversations through that lens. Can I, can I pray for you right now? Wherever you're at, I just want to pray for you. Two, two specifics in this prayer. The first one, maybe you're watching right now. I, I've had a lot of people that have reached out that said, hey, Pastor JF, you know, I never would have thought that I would, have been, I would be tuning into a live stream like this. I would for sure would never even think about setting foot inside of a church building, but due to what's going on in the world right now, man, I got questions. Some of those conversations I've, I've had, folks have come from a, from a place of like terror and fear and wonder and worry and, you know, everything in between. And, you know, I've been able to share with them different elements of, you know, this stuff. And man, I, those, those, those conversations have always end with them feeling encouraged and, and not afraid because we win in the end. But maybe that's you. you you've, you've been tuning in and you're sitting on your recliner in your, in your uh, family room there and you've, you've, just, you've been fearful inside about this. The idea of you dying or may, maybe you're thinking like, man, if I get sick and, from this thing and I, and I were to get sick and die, what would, where would I go? What, what, what would happen? You know, you hear things about Jesus coming back. You hear things about antichrists. You hear things about judgment and all of these things. And, and it makes you afraid. I, I, I want to just, let, let, me, let, me, let me steer you away from that fear right now because I can help you in this moment. Jesus says, believe in me and you'll be saved. Meaning, we all are appointed to death. We're all going to die at some point. But until that day, you can be at peace knowing that when you die in your next breath, you'll spend eternity with Jesus. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a whole lot better there than where we're at right now. But man, wouldn't it be awesome to lay your head on your pillow at night and not wonder what's, you know, if maybe you'll never see your loved one again or all of these different human thoughts. Today, you can just accept Jesus into your life. Simply believe in him. Say yes to him. Invite him into your life. And your eternity will be secured just like that. But not just that, but to bring heaven to earth. <laughs> to do what he called us to do until that time. Serving, loving, evangelizing, encouraging, that can be yours today. Let me pray for you right now. Lord, I pray for my friend watching. If that's you, and you say, I want that. I want to say yes to Jesus. I, my, my, my life is, is uh, not what I want it to be. I feel trapped. I feel lost. Every, every road I take, it seems to lead to a dead end. I'm discouraged. I'm battling addiction issues. I'm battling a relationship. I'm battling um, stuff that I'm ashamed of. I'm battling... Uh, uh, bitterness from past abuse or 
betrayal. Man, join the club. I've experienced all that stuff too. And I, I want you to know that Jesus can set you free right now. So just say, Jesus, come into my life. I receive you. I believe in you. I believe that you are God's son indeed, that you are the Messiah, that you came, that you gave, you uh, lived a perfect life. You taught us the way to live. And then you pay the ultimate price by giving your life for us. But it didn't stop right there. You rose from the grave. You're alive today. I, I believe all of that right now. I don't know all the details. I don't know, I don't know all the things you said, but I, there's something going on inside of me right now. I want that, and so I say yes to that right now. Jesus, come in and start a new thing in my heart. Heal me, touch me in Jesus' name. If you're, if you're already a Jesus person right now, just begin to pray for people that are saying yes to Jesus all over Tacoma right now, all over Pierce County, all over this state. There's people that are watching in other states and other places in the world. Pray for them right now. Lord God, I pray that you give them peace, that you would... Uh, bring rest, spiritual rest to their weary souls, Lord God. I pray that you would encourage them, Lord Jesus, that your encouragement, that Paul, the encouragement that Paul was, 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 was talking about to that group in Thessalonica, I just pray, Lord Jesus, that they would experience your encouragement, your healing right now in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. One more prayer I want to pray right now. Pastor Ashley's coming right now. We're going to give you some questions to meditate on this afternoon and the rest of the week. You're a follower of Jesus. You love Jesus. But this conversation, this area, talking about the end times, talking about, you know, maybe today you want to say a prayer, something like this, if, 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 if your motivation is somewhere else for having these conversations. If, if the way you have these conversations is simply talking about how everything is bad here and I'm getting out of here, maybe, maybe today the prayer is, Lord, help me even today, starting today, throughout this week, that my approach would be Matthew 28, that I would live life on mission, bringing heaven to earth right now until I take my last breath. I'm looking forward to where I'm going, but man, I, I can save some people along the way. There's a, there's a battle going on right now, and I can save some, some comrades that are that are laid out on the battlefield that need you. So Lord, I pray for that person right now. If that's you, just... Pray it, Lord, may, may my motivation, may it be 100% purely coming from a place of love and not, not love that I've conjured up, but your love, the love of Christ. May it, may it be birthed in my heart in a new way. May it grow, may it bear fruit. May people know me as someone who loves one another. Lord God, may people come to Christ by the way we love each other, by the way we treat each other, by the way we're kind, by the way we encourage, not fear, not scaring people, not screaming at people, loving people, showing who you are through every action, every conversation that we have, Lord Jesus. May we, may, may Pastor J.F., may I, may I humble myself and allow, allow those areas of unknown. May I be at peace with that. And then, Lord, in Jesus' name, may I do even better. May I pursue bringing your kingdom to this earth, that heaven would be displayed through how I treat my brother, my sister, in my actions, in my decisions, in my conversations, in, in, in the way I handle my business. May it be 
through the lens, through the practice of bringing heaven to earth. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church. 